you have sinned and the wrath of God is against you and you have to pay for what you have done. And now people now end up failing to forgive themselves. Even when our Heavenly Father has forgiven them. We look at the book of Matthew chapter 1 from verse 1 up to verse 7. And we look at what was written there about the genealogy. That's the family history. That's the tradition. I mean, when you are tracing from great-grandparents, grandfather, and things like that, and the people that went through it, those names were not recorded in the scripture just for the sake of history. They were put there to be able to communicate message to people who understood the concept and the context in which they were written. There we pointed out the issue of, that's verse 3, where we are told uh, Jacob gave birth to Perez and Zerah, and Zerah now gave birth to Ezra, and Ezra gave birth to Ram. And now he now traced all the way to Rehab, the Alot. We explained the issue of Judah and the twins, how they were bastard, giving birth to the widow of his son, and how they were regarded as bastard. And from the book of Deuteronomy chapter 23, it is indicated there that a bastard should never come to your midst, to your gathering, to the assembly of God forever. But that Lord, our Heavenly Father now reversed that and to tell us, our Lord Jesus Christ is the fulfillment of the law. We look at the story of Rehab, the Alot. Ordinarily, she would have been stoned to death going by the law. And how that Lord blessed her, delivered every members of her family, as recorded there in the book of Judges. And, and not only that, was she blessed, she ended up being in the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we reminded everyone out there that, look, whatever might have been your past, God does not look at your past to determine your future. He looked at the record of our Lord Jesus Christ to determine your condition now, your condition tomorrow, and for your future to be brightened and to confirm what he said. The thoughts I have towards you are good and not evil, to bring you a sure end. We also pointed out the issue of uh, Ruth, who happened to be a Moabite. And now we assure you that irrespective of the negative record you have had in the past, as recorded in Deuteronomy chapter 23, because of the past record of the Moabite, what they did, and now God was not happy with them, and he said his wrath would be with them, and from generation to generation. But they are forgiven through our Lord Jesus Christ. We also pointed out the issue of David and uh, the wife of Uriah that he killed in verse 6 of Matthew chapter 6. And now God made that same woman to be in the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ, being the great-grandfather. So irrespective of what you might have done in the past, my dear listener out there, our Lord Jesus Christ came to pay the price for everything you have done. He has forgiven you and he has cleared you. And that is why you and I need to live with this consciousness. Come to the throne of grace and believe that the Lord has answered you. Whatever you are believing Him for, you pray for it, the Lord will hear you. He doesn't see your filthiness. He sees the spotless blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb that has been sacrificed for you and I, and for us to continue to enjoy that special grace, the blessings from my Heavenly Father, the misconception about the wrath of God, and the total redemption through our Lord Jesus Christ has always been an issue, and that's the problem a lot of people have. Even some churches still struggle with it, without understanding the concept and the context in which a lot of things are written in the scripture. Even when God has forgiven a lot of people, they find it difficult to forgive themselves. I do hear people saying, because you commit this sin, is the wrath of God that came upon you, and you have to pay dearly for it. And the issue is now, how many times do you have to pay for what you have done? When the Lord has said, Christ has come into the place, in your own place, for you to be forgiven. There's a place in the book of Numbers chapter 35, 
verse 28 that most people do not connect to. It's not a common place that is often being explained and treated by so many ministers, so many pastors. Maybe you are hearing this for the first time, but the Lord is saying, it's not as if the Old Testament or the First Covenant is junked and uh, destroyed completely. No, it was a pointer to the New Covenant through our Lord Jesus Christ. So whatever we read in the Old Testament is pointing to our Lord Jesus Christ. And the fulfillment and confirmation came through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he said, I'm the fulfillment of the law. So my dear listeners there, whatever you may be going through, the Lord is saying and reassuring you, I love you. I care for you. Whatever, is it ailment? Is it your business that has gone down? Or is it whatever may be the issues and people are making you to feel it's because of the sins in your life? That's why God is not happy with you. Please, it is not God. It is about you retracing your step and check out where things went wrong. It's not God that is inflicting the pain upon you. In the book of Numbers chapter 35 verse 28, we are going to see something very, very amazing there. And now it confirms our Lord Jesus Christ. It's about the case of someone that committed what is often referred to today as manslaughter. There's difference between somebody that committed murder and a murderer and somebody that is found guilty for manslaughter. And for manslaughter, they are allowed to go to a city of refuge where they will stay for a given period. Now, this is the catch. You are not expected to show up in the city because if the person that is convicted for manslaughter shows up in the city, whoever is the relations of the person he or she killed have the right to kill in return. And we are told in the Bible, in the scripture, the blood would not be on their head. But in that verse, that as soon as the high priest dies, the person that is convicted can come back to town and no one will have to avenge the blood from him. Let's look at this together in verse 28 of Numbers chapter 35. He should have remained in the city of his refuge until the death of the high priest. But after the death of the high priest, the slayer shall return into the land of his possession. Thank you. Now, that's telling you and I that whatever may be the grievous offense, whatever w- would have been done, when the priest saw this and our Lord Jesus Christ came, their eyes opened. And one of the reasons why they said, look, we have to get rid of this man. Because now he had negated all the negative things they used to do, all the bad things they used to do, and he came in as the high priest. My dear listener out there, our Lord Jesus Christ died and resurrected for you and I. Irrespective of what we would have done. Just as is recorded in that verse 28, that after the death of the high priest, the slayer may return to the land of his possession. So my dear listener out there is pointing to our Lord Jesus Christ and the reassurance that whatever you might have done, he has forgiven you. He has delivered you. And many people find it difficult today to forgive themselves, even though God has forgiven them. That's why the fact that God has forgiven them. Their case is worsened by the message of condemnation that often comes from the pulpit in some churches or congregations. And that's why I feel so sad when people struggle every time, they belabor themselves in the name of prayer. Some will even go into sacrifice, sacrificing animals at this year on age just for them to believe, I mean, as in like they want to appease God. But the Lord is saying those are human teaching. Christ paid all the price for you and I. Another one that is always so scary when I hear people say it, and it is very common in many congregations, is what God has given us, what our Heavenly Father and Lord Jesus Christ has delivered to us as a means of receiving healing, a means of receiving deliverance, victory at all times, and uncommon favor in whatever we do through the communion. Out of ignorance, a lot of people that administer this, they still condemn people and let people feel unqualified for them to receive 
and take the communion. These are part of the guilt that is loaded on so many people. And that's why on this program we come up every time to tell people, please, remove every denominational bias from your mind. Receive this message with open mind, and there you may be able to unlearn a lot of the negative things you have learned in the past. And let's look at this together in the book of Matthew chapter 26. Let's look at it from verse 26, and the emphasis is on verse 28. You can go ahead, when you that one. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Thank you. That verse 28, I want you to read that verse 28 again. Our Lord Jesus Christ picked the bread, broke it, and said, This is my body. Now he picked the wine, and he said, This is my blood for remission of sins of the people, not reminder of sins of the people. Unfortunately, when it's time to share the communion, the Lord's Supper, that is the time people will be reminded of their sins, and they will say, If you have sins in your life, don't take this one. When you take it, you take it in an unworthy manner. And the wrath of God will be upon you. That is the lie of the devil. That is the misinterpretation that comes in from the poopy out of people that are completely ignorant of the teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ. Read that verse 28 again, please. Each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Thank you. It is poured out and sacrifice for forgiveness of the sins of many, not a reminder of the sins. So who even needs it most? Is it not the person that is struggling with some sins in their life, the things that they are believing God to give them victory? And it has been proven that when people take this often, because we are told in the scripture, take this as often, as many times as possible. When they take it in their home, when they take it in their gathering, it has been proven that people end up living longer in terms of longevity, People live in better health, well-being. People are miraculously healed when you take this communion as many times as possible. And we always tell people, buy all the materials for it in your home. You don't need any special ordination for you to do it. As long as you have given your life to Christ, you say, Lord, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe He paid the price for me. You are entitled to do it. And this is where the confusion always comes in. People will say, uh, some people took it in unworthy manner, some fell sick, some took ill. And that is another misinterpretation. That people have, when you read the Bible as English, and you translate as English, there is very high probability that you will misconstrue and misinterpret a lot of things. But when you read the Bible with the mindset of a Jew, and you read the Bible with the explanation written in the original language, then you'll be able to get a clearer picture about the unworthy manner. And the unworthiness that is referred to in the scripture is not about your sinless or sinfulness, it's about the people that were planted in the church because they noticed that whenever the people come together to take the communion, even when they plan attack against them, miraculously they will be delivered. They were having uncommon victory and they investigated that there's something they always take, the bread and the wine, the body of Christ 
and the blood that they take whenever they gather together and they planted some people that went in there to scatter them. Those people pretended as if they were believers. They got in there and they will finish the wine very early in the morning. They will finish it before people come together. If it's in the night, they will finish it. And when people come, people that have been called over, they try to win them, they evangelize, come and take the wine and they'll be looking at each other. Who took the wine? Nobody was holding up. As a one-time punishment, those who did it, some people started falling sick. Some people took ill out there. It was then they discovered the idol worshippers, the people that were against the church, then were the ones that came in to take the wine, and they used them all. And it was a one-time punishment. Some took ill, some died because of that. God did not say people should not be that. Once you have a sin in your life, you take it, you will die. No, that is what the devil has been using to prevent people from connecting to that uncommon favor, the source of energy, the source of victory, the source of healing. And the Lord is telling you, and I told them, my Dear listener, this is a connection to the everlasting hope. Let's look at this together in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 11. Let's start reading from verse 23. So that I'll be able to connect to it. You know, it's not as if I'm just reading this out. But where the challenge comes in is where people misinterpret the word. Continue reading, please. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same right night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Just a point a little there. The word remembrance used there in the original language is from translated from the word anamnesis. It doesn't mean uh, in memory of Christ. What it means is anamnesis. It means bringing the body of Christ all over into yourself, reenacting his whole self. So when you take it, you, you do it, you say, in remembrance of me. That's the English language. But what it means is like you bring the power of Christ upon yourself. That as long as you do it, you just like you simulate somebody and you bring him right in front of you. That is the meaning of the remembrance. Continue reading, please. Verse 25. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had sought saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you. It says, as often as you do it in remembrance of me. That same again, the word anamnesis. And it's as often. It didn't say once a year or once in a quarter or once a month. It says as often. And we are told that people do it every week. There are even some families, they do it every day. As need arises, they do it every time. If you have any child at home, if you have any issue you are believing God for, please go ahead, buy the materials for communion, take it in your home, and you'll be calling us with testimonies. Don't allow the condemnation that has been poured upon you by a lot of congregation, even if it's your pastor that is preaching this against you. Please, quote me. We'll give you our phone number. You can call us to explain more to you. Quote me there and say, the Lord has said, he has given us that. But you know what the devil is doing? It creates fear in people, make them feel unworthy, and prevents them from connecting to that special power, to that special source of joy, of victory, of uncommon favor. Continue reading, please. Verse 26. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the lost death till it come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. Thank you. Now, that verse 27, the word unworthy there is taken from the word anaxios, which means treated as common by people who are not 
part and body of Christ. So as long as you have said, oh, Christ is my Lord and Savior, and you are not there to start attacking the brethren, to start attacking the people, you are beneficiary of it. It is not the worthiness of your sinfulness that is being referred to. It is about not being part of the body of Christ. Continue reading, please. Verse 28. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread, and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the lost body. Okay, verse 30. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Thank you. And that was the punishment that was used by people that were planted in the church, who came to take it in unworthy manner. The word anaxios. And that is how a lot of people at that time, they desisted from all those nefarious activities of killing and maiming Christians, hiding in their means to destroy their source of power. My dear listener out there, the Lord is telling you and I, for us to enjoy fully the price that has been paid by Lord Jesus Christ and for us to continue to enjoy the everlasting hope and the blessing from Him. When we lift up our Lord Jesus Christ in our churches, in our congregation, the people will see the finished work of Calvary and the everlasting grace He brought for you and I. Let's look at this before we go tonight in the book of Matthew chapter 16 verse 6 where He asked the disciple, Who do you say I am? Oinda Malakanle read for us please. There you will see the misconception by a lot of people being told, ah, God was, God is not happy with you because of the sin in your life. That is why this curse uh, came upon you. No, that is not the message of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is misinterpretation by a lot of people. Continue reading, please. Matthew 16, verse 16. Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Thank you. When our Lord Jesus Christ asked them, He said, Who do people say I am? Some said you are Elijah, some said you are Elisha, some said you are this, some said you are John the Baptist that has resurrected, some said this. And Christ now asked them, Who do even you yourself? Who do you say I am? And Peter said, You are Messiah, you are Christ, the Son of God. The word Christ there means you are the one that take away sins and remove every curse that goes with it. You are the one that take away every sin and remove the curses that goes with it. So my dear listener out there, there is no curse that Lord has pronounced upon you or the wrath of God that he has brought upon you because of things you have done in the past. No. That is where we have Christ coming for you and I. And that is the ignorance a lot of people still live in without understanding the meaning of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to plead with you. Please, forgive yourself. God has forgiven you. Christ has forgiven you. Continue to enjoy this special blessing, this special grace of the righteousness in our Lord Jesus Christ. As you do this, you'll be empowered to live a holy life. You'll be empowered to live a righteous life. In the subsequent episode, we'll be looking at the connection between righteousness in Christ Jesus and the holiness that is demanded from you and I, the way we should be living our life and continue to enjoy that victorious life. Tonight, is it any ailment that has been weighing you down, or is it any issue that has been making you to be so sad? Tonight, I pronounce victory in every area you are believing God for in Jesus' name. Amen. Is it the health of your child, or the health of your wife, 
or anyone that you know you are interceding for tonight, I pronounce healing upon them in Jesus' name. Amen. And if it's your business that has been going down, that Lord will release that inspiration from above into your business. Ideas that will make you to come up beyond your expectation and you continue Amen. to enjoy uncommon favor in Jesus' name. Amen. This week, the Lord is leading you to that unending source of favor and you call us with testimonies in Jesus' name. Amen. That part of your tummy that is beginning to swell up and you feel there's stone or something in it, tonight, I call you by whatever name the doctor is calling you. That stone, that cancer, whatever it may be, I pronounce healing upon this child of God and I command you to go out in Jesus' name. Amen. You are healed in the name of our Lord Jesus Amen. Christ. And your spirit, you are listening to this message. You are even trying to add radio from the medical personnel. Tonight, healing has come upon you. Amen. You will even show them that, look, this is what Christ has done and the glory will continue to go to our Heavenly Father. Amen. Thank you, Father, for that you've done. For Jesus Christ's name, I pray. Amen. Amen. You can link us on our email address, kingdomlifefamily at yahoo.com or through our producer, Taiwo Omoshule, Eko 89.7 FM, Latifja Kondewe, Agidingbi, Ikeja. A sound engineer on this program has been Sunayo Joseph. Remain blessed. Thank you very much, my dear listeners. As we always say on this program, obedience to the law of the land is obedience to the word of God. Let others see Christ in you, in the way you drive on the road, and how considerate you are, and when people meet you in your offices, any interaction you are going into, ask yourself, what will Jesus do in relating with these people? Christianity is a way of life, not just a religion. Behave the way Christ would have shown kindness, and by so doing, you will become the revised standard version of the Bible people will be reading, and more people will be brought to the Father through your behavior, through your attitude. I'm Jumi Adito, it's your Lagunju. Be part of this program next week Sunday by 8.05. Let others see Christ in you. Remain blessed. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Don't you wanna be a part? Oh, don't you wanna be a part?